Welcome to the Expand with Nicole podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hope, a health and breathwork coach who is passionate about all things wellness. My goal is to break down big information into little bites, providing you with facts and actionable steps that you can incorporate into your life right away. If you're ready to learn along with me, let's get started. We are back with another episode. And today I have a very special guest who's joining us all the way from Australia. Her name is Loretta Carraro, and she is the founder of Nourished Energy. And this is where she combines her unique experience as a multidimensional healer, coach, and intuitive, and she channels wisdom, accesses knowledge, and grounds her clients into a strategic and powerful method of facilitation. And her goal like many coaches, is to empower others to live a life that they love and try to be the best versions of themselves, which is what I do with this podcast. That's the whole goal. And Loretta has almost every title you could imagine, but the one that caught my eye was that she's a certified crystal practitioner, and I've always wanted to learn more about the healing properties of crystals. I have them just all over my house, but I never know what to do with them. So that's what we're going to focus on today. So Loretta, thank you so much for being here all the way from Australia. And this is why I love doing this because the fact that we can connect all the way across the world makes me very happy. So thank you for making the time. How are you? Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm really, really excited and especially to talk about one of my favorite topics, crystals. Yes, I'm excited too. So why don't we just start with you telling us how you came to be a crystal practitioner and what drew you to that modality? So I think like a lot of people, I've been playing with crystals since I was a little girl and always attracted to the magic of them and the colors and, um, you know, fairies and everything magical and mythical as a little girl. And um, I was really lucky, actually, my mom also had crystals around the house and um, she would gift me crystals and and she was really open and supportive of me um, going into magical shops and crystal shops and things like that. So um, from a very young age, I I was playing with them and then drawn to them. It wasn't until um, later in my 20s, so I'm 41 now, so in my 20s I sort of was playing with them and attracted to them still and would carry them around with me even living overseas I would still have crystals with me but it wasn't until later in my 20s that I actually wanted to study them and really wanted to understand uh, on a scientific level why they're so special um, but also from a metaphysical way as well so um, I started studying and did a whole heap of courses and um, started also talking to a uh, you know anyone who was interested in rocks or crystals or yeah just um, really trying to understand them from from both sides from as I said the science space but also from the, the magical space as well. Okay I love both spaces um, and the balance of both of them so what's like your favorite scientific fact that we can provide for our listeners and like your favorite metaphysical fact? Cause we, I know there's a long history and we're not going to get into all of it, but if you could give us like your favorite little nuggets of cultural historical aspects related to crystals. I love that question. So I think the the best fact and the one that wows me the most from a science perspective is not many people realize that 
crystals are actually used in our day-to-day life. So certainly in our modern day life. So the computer that we're using to talk through has crystals in it. Um, and so just in, in terms of the what we what we use every day, crystals are part of our world, whether you like it or not, but from a science space. But the best little nugget I've got for you is that a quartz crystal actually um, stores energy, um, an infinite amount of energy. And this is, there is a lot of research going on in terms of how we can use quartz crystal to actually for, for data storage. Um, and they feel like it would be able to, you know, now we have limits in terms of how much data is stored in, in our computers and in, you know, and other machines and, and things like that. But quartz crystal actually has capability to store infinite amounts of data, which is amazing. Amazing. That is actually a crazy fact. I've never heard it. And that's like my mind is blown a little bit. So, okay. That was a good one. That was a very good one. And wait, do you have another one? Like a metaphysical one? Metaphysical? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I think some of the facts that I love from metaphysical perspective are really ancient. So I absolutely love that crystals have been used since the beginning of civilization. Like since the very beginning that humans were living, we've been using crystals and drawing on crystals to help us in our day-to-day life. So um, a really cool fun fact is that the ancient Greeks used to use amethyst to help them when they were hungover. (laughs) Whoa. Why don't we know about this? Does it work? And like, how do you use it to help you with a hangover? So I'm not sure exactly how they used to use it, but um, they would they would use you know the, the crystal amethyst in terms of probably either drinking it or they would probably place place it on their bodies when they were when they were hungover. So the idea is that um, there's a I, I won't go too far into it, but there is a story around why amethyst is called amethyst and um the idea is that it gets its color from wine that's what they believed and so there was this idea that um yeah that the the crystal was a beautiful way for us to to help with any ailments after drinking too much wine i think it would it's a good idea to to try to to try to give it a go if anyone does please let me know (laughs) yeah let us know if anyone has tried this i love those little tidbits of info let's talk about your favorite crystals what crystals are most effective for certain intentions or healing purposes and i know some people say like go into a crystal store and just whatever you're drawn to that's what you should take same with like picking out a sound bowl or something right but um is that the most effective way or should we really go in with an intention and try to match the crystal to what we need how does that process work yeah, it's a. <laughs> I'm probably going to say something that's maybe a little bit controversial, but um, I am really curious also when people are repelled by a crystal because I think that just as much as when something is attracting us and pulling us in, there is also some meaning and something going on when we are really repelled by a crystal as well. So. I would say to you to explore both sides. So explore when you are attracted to something and you feel like 
oh, that one's talking to me or that one's sparkling at me. Um, Definitely that's a beautiful way for you to honour your needs um, more so than, you know, thinking about an intention and then looking up a guidebook on what what you might need. Um, The crystals usually will call you and will will share with you what what they need. Um, But it's the same with those crystals that you're feeling really repelled by and think, oh, I don't know why I just don't like that color or I don't like the way that looks at me or um, there's something usually in that too. So it's really worth exploring. So then at that point is when you should maybe look up what the crystal's function is and then see if you can (laughs) dig a little deeper into why you don't feel so connected to it. Is that kind of the process? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a little fun activity for you to do. (laughs) It is, but you also have to be kind of tied into or connected to your intuition, I think, if you're going to do that, right? Because you have to kind of feel or like know that you're getting like a gut feeling that you should be going toward a crystal or you have that feeling in your body that you don't want it. We do have to be a little connected when we're going through this process, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I love about crystals is, like you say, you have to be somewhat connected, but at the same time, they can also help us to become more connected. Because very often, um, I hear lots of stories of people who are, you know, they might just come over to my house and maybe you have friends over at your place and they'll be just talking to you, will have no real interest in a crystal. And then they just look over at maybe your shelf and just say, oh, what's that? And get curious about it. Um, That to me is showing, I I guess, the ability of crystals to help us to connect more to our intuition. Obviously, the crystal there is somewhat speaking to them and communicating with them and making them more curious about what is happening for them, why are they attracted to that particular crystal. So how does the energy of the crystals interact with our energy field? So crystals are, um, from, a, from a scientific perspective, they are like, the, they are pure perfection. The way that they are, I guess, created in a way is from an atomic level. Their, all their atoms are perfect, whereas everything else in the universe is uh, like irregular, does that like they have re- irregular um, atoms and, and patterns within them? The crystal is perfect. So, in terms of, um, I guess, just the way that they are structured, if even if you just think about that, that is something completely unreal, like extraordinary. And they're certainly a gift for us in terms of. Um, whether it be from this world or an other world, but they are definitely a gift for us. And because of that perfection, they are able to somewhat stabilize or harmonize or to shift our energy in some way or another. Because we are um, constantly moving, our vibration is constantly moving, as is everything, including a crystal. But the crystals can really help us in a way to either raise our vibration or to stabilize our vibration um, just when we come in into contact and no different to I guess when you come into contact with another person and you know some people in your life help you feel 
uh, more at ease or calmer and then other people make you feel chaotic and, you know, if their energy is really chaotic, sometimes you can feel chaotic. Um, It's very similar to, to the crystal. Obviously not all crystals, just like not every person is going to impact you. Um, it's the it's the same it's the same way. The beautiful thing with the crystal is that um, coming back to your earlier question about whether you know how we choose them and how we can use and, and select them, they that will also vary depending on where your energy is at. So you may need a different type of crystal depending on where your energy is at at that particular time in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah, that totally makes sense and. I, I think the example of how we connect with other humans, because that's more relatable and that we can feel each other's energy, mm-hmm. um, makes a lot of sense for people who are like, I have no idea what we're talking about here and think this is like a little woo woo, but that makes sense because they carry an energy, right? So that's how we're interacting. And I noticed behind you, you have crystals in the background. But because you said sometimes you need different crystals depending on what your energy is, like, would you, do you keep certain crystals around all the time or do you change them out too in spaces around you depending on what you need? Yeah, I definitely will change them around depending on, on what is happening. Um, not just with me, but also with my family or, um, you know, I'm in my space, my clinic space at the moment. So, um, depending on what is happening with my clients or my students, um, I will also shift the, the energy and also what I want to bring into the space as well. So we'll shift them around. That makes sense. Okay. So if we're trying to obviously maybe just balance our energy, if we're trying to bring something else in and we go procure some crystals can we just carry this crystal around in our pocket or like are we using them in uh, meditation is that how we're bringing the energy in like I I have crystals I go through periods of time where I buy them but then my kids will play with them they end up like all over my house I opened my work bag today there was one in there and I'm like, is this functioning anymore in a productive way? Because now my kids' hands have been on them. It's in my dirty work bag. And now what's happening with this crystal? But what would you say? Let's start with, can you just have the crystal in hand or on on your body somewhere, pocket, bag, whatever? And is it doing anything? Or do we really need to set an intention with it first and do some sort of like meditative process? It's an interesting question and I think there's lots of different beliefs around this and um, I wanted to mention that because I know some people might be listening to this and what I'm about to say and say, oh, but I read that different, you know, elsewhere. And so first of all, I think that the best thing that you can do if you are really wanting to work with crystals and wanting to um, connect with them and really have an effective relationship with crystals is to learn how to connect with them properly. Because once you learn to connect, you're actually learning to communicate with your crystal. And then your crystals will tell you whether it's effective or not. They will let you know whether um, they're happy just to be worn or they want you to do meditation with them or they want you just you know, they just want to be up on their sh- on your shelf or next to your bed or in your work bag. They will tell you what 
what feels good and you will be able to feel that and communicate with them. They also will let you know if they need to be cleansed or programmed or, you know, or otherwise. Okay. Let's start with the learning to connect first, because Mm -hmm. I think that is probably what the first biggest question that needs to be answered. And that's step one. So what would you say is the easiest way or most efficient way to learn how to connect with the crystals? Honestly, it is just about you bringing your crystal in onto your body. So uh, choosing a crystal and placing it on your heart space, on your chest, in your hands, and not worrying about oh, it needs to be my left hand or right hand or I need to hold it this way or that way. Like just not worrying about any of those rules for now or anything like that. Just having a space of stillness where you can just sit and and be with a crystal and just one crystal. So you can really learn what it feels like to connect with one particular crystal and and you will get to know and feel into the energy of that one particular crystal. So it can be small one, it can be big one. It doesn't, none of that really matters and it doesn't matter what kind of crystal it is. It's just about choosing one, holding it up to your heart space, allowing yourself to be in stillness. So whether you need to be guided into that or whether you need to put on some music or, you know, whatever you need to help you get into that space of stillness, closing down your eyes, And the reason we close our eyes is so that we're not distracted by everything that is outside of us and simply just breathing. And as you breathe, you set an intention to breathe in through your heart space and breathe in the energy of the crystal into your heart space and allowing yourself to connect with that crystal and allowing your or inviting the energy of that crystal into into your heart space that's probably the most simple and effective way that you can really just drop in and connect to your crystal and before you even do that you can even just spend time looking at your crystal in your hand and really looking at it noticing you know, all the, the, the colors and how it changes or noticing all the lines in it and the, you know, the inclusions, like what it actually looks like and feels like in your hand as well. So really just taking that time to be with your crystal. That's, that's the best way that I can describe it. And once you feel like you've, you know, breathed in its energy and the energy is sort of connected with yours, then you can take it one step further and feel free to ask your crystal if it has a message for you or if it has something to share with you. And and that is a beautiful way to begin this communication, this relationship. You might not even have to ask it. It might just automatically tell you. Um, it might not feel good on your chest. Maybe it might even invite you to move it or 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 tell you, I don't want to be here. I, you know, I want you to place me on the floor in front of you. I want you to place me next to your bed or whatever it might be. Yeah, but that is the the best way. And you'll be able to feel as well if it feels good or if it doesn't feel so good. And then you might know, okay, well, it's probably because I've had it in my dirty work bag or in my dusty <laughs> dusty cupboard and I haven't really looked at it for a long time maybe it does need a bit of a cleanse or something like that 
Yeah. Okay, we'll talk about cleansing in a little bit. But I think for people who meditate, mm-hmm. this whole idea is probably familiar because you do he- hear what whatever you want to call it, your inner voice or messages from if you believe you're receiving like downloads or information from the universe. Fine. People who have never meditated before, this might sound like very um, out there in that they're probably like, what am I going to be hearing? What do you mean? Right? So I meditate and I do breath work all the time. So I totally understand what you're saying. But how would you describe that listening for you? How does it come through for you? I think it's the difference between your normal day-to-day in your head kind of voice, which is what we're very familiar with. Everybody is because everybody has it all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Our mind is chattering and always thinking and and saying things to us. Whereas when you give it an opportunity to connect with a crystal, I think one of the things that I really love about doing crystal work as opposed to meditate, you know, your I guess your conventional meditation, because this mm-hmm. is another type of meditation. Mm-hmm is that you're holding on to something tangible. And for many people, it's just the ability to hold something and have it in their hand. Or, you know, as I mentioned before, even just focusing on something. So looking at it, noticing, um, it's, you know, very similar to a, a typical mindfulness practice. It's just about getting out of your everyday chatter, mind chatter, and refocusing, I guess, repurposing the thoughts into something else. Um, So it can be a really beautiful way for you, a a little practice for you, especially if you're not so great at at typical meditation or, um, you know, those sorts of practices because you feel like you're the the monkey mind, the busy mind is is really difficult to still or to, to quieten down. It can be really nice to focus on something that is that is tangible. So that's why even just focusing on the breathing. And you may not hear anything at the beginning, and that is absolutely fine. Um, it's just about focusing on the feeling of breathing or the color. You know, if you're more of a visual person, maybe you're I'm I'm holding, you know, a turquoise colored crystal at the moment. So maybe for me it's Oh, I'm just imagining that I'm breathing in a turquoise color energy or I'm breathing. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yes. It doesn't and- necessarily have to be um, something that you're feeling or that you're visualizing. It's really like getting to know what that feels like for you and just go- and just trusting in that and going with that. And then you talked about like that's connecting with it and then communicating with it. So do you actually ask questions and like, do you have a certain feeling that you get for a yes and no, or is it that type of communication or can you just describe that a little bit? Yeah. So when I am communicating with a crystal, I'm, it depends. So sometimes I am asking a question because I am wanting to know something specific and other times I just receive a message. A message will just come through and it, seems different to the normal mind chatter because it feels like it's just dropped in out of nowhere, if that makes sense. And maybe my self-doubt, especially as a beginner, perhaps my self-doubt and my fear might come after that and say, oh, 
that couldn't have come from the crystal that that you know that that there's no way my crystal could have just spoken to me but the first initial message if it just drops out of nowhere and it feels like a message that is loving and that is you know from your highest good that is a beautiful um representation of you know your crystal communicating with you Yes, that's that was perfect. I I think that people obviously have different practices, and like you said, for people who um are having trouble getting into a regular my, uh, meditation practice, the tangible thing, like as a tip, I think is really good because I I took a meditation class a long time ago, and two one of the things that we did was using mala beads, so like that was helpful, and then one of the other things we did was staring at a flame. It's just all different techniques, obviously, to get you out of your monkey mind but so that I think makes sense when we talk about it that way like it's just a different tool um but that brings its own energy like obviously when I was staring at a flame like that fire has its own energy for sure um and the model beads too I mean you're you're holding something and it helps you really ground into the moment so that does make a lot of sense so that was great thank you um let's talk about the cleansing because we just mentioned it I know there's all different ways to cleanse crystals and I need to cleanse all of mine. I think I don't even know where most of mine are right now. My son hides them. How often do you need to cleanse them? Um, and I don't know if there's an exact answer to that. And what, uh, what are the best ways to cleanse your crystals? You're right. There's no best, <laughs> you know, best yeah. answer in terms of when, um, I think when you can, learn to feel into and connect into a crystal as I mentioned they will you'll know if it feels good or if it doesn't feel so good um it can also let you know if it if it needs cleansing but in general if you have used your crystal let's say you're using it for a meditation practice or you're holding onto a crystal when you are going through something really heavy or emotional pain something like that um, or it's even around you when maybe you've had an argument with someone or the energy of somebody else in that space didn't feel so great. Crystals store energy. That I mean, that's the gift that they have. And the idea is I think that we can cleanse them to help bring them back into that their optimal state. Just like we also need a cleanse sometimes, you know. Totally. We, yeah, it's exactly the same. They're living things. So because their frequency, their vibration is constantly changing and they're storing this energy just like we do, it's really nice to have a regular practice of helping them get back back to, to their optimal state to, to cleanse them. Um, as I mentioned, it, there's no, you know, typical time or, you know, a, a great time to do it, but some people find that, if they have a regular time where they might just grab all their crystals and, you know, during a full moon or something like that, um, it sort of ticks that box so they don't have to think about, oh, maybe, you know, maybe I have been using that crystal. It's been, you know, I've been wearing it. Maybe if you're wearing a necklace um, or a ring or a bracelet or something like that, often we forget that our jewellery is actually crystals as well. Um, so, you know, even if you have a diamond ring, it is a it is a crystal and diamonds still store energy as well. So it's important to um, to remember that even the things that we are wearing 
uh, often need cleansing as well. So if you, you can do that at a regular time, that just pop it in your calendar or with the full moon or something like that, or you can choose another. If you don't want to wait for full moon, you can also choose other methods. Do you want me to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even with the full moon, like, are we just putting them out on the grass or what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) We can do, absolutely. So um, not all crystals like the element, will weather the elements Mm -hmm. outside. So putting them outside isn't going to be good for all of them. So what you can do if you don't want to put them all outside or you're not really sure about which ones can go outside, it's best to err on the side of caution always. And even if you just pop them on a windowsill or like a ledge, your window by the window um, when it's a full moon and just, you know, as you're doing that, even if you just say out loud or tell your crystals like setting a little intention, uh, this to to be cleansed by the magic of the full moon or, you know, something like that. You can also just set a little intention like please, you know, let go of anything that doesn't serve me or my home or something like that. You know, you kind of can come up with your own little intention um, in terms of what you would like to let go of and what you want the crystals to let go of as well, the type of energy and what you would like to restore them with as well. Um, You can also set an intention around that. So that's probably the the full moon. And then with there's, you know, a couple of other really common things that you can do and also that, um, you know, are cost effective as well. So using smoke in terms of incense or a smudge stick, things like that can really help as well. And what you actually do is hold the crystal in the smoke. So a lot of people forget to do that. So we actually need to place the smoke in the you know, the crystal in the, amongst the smoke as well. When that smoke is, uh, is lit when you're, you know, your incense or your sage or whatever you're using is lit. It's really important that you're opening up a window or a door, something for the smoke to, to leave, to, you know, to, to exit, um, and that energy to exit as well. It's really important that you remember to do that. Okay, that's a really good tip because I bet a lot of people do not open a window when they're smudging their house or their crystals. And then I've also heard about like salt water. Is that another um, common practice? Yeah, so you can actually put your crystals in salt um, as well as a way of, um, and also water is is another one. But remembering that a lot of crystals don't like though those elements as well um some of them you know salt can be porous and just like water can be as well um so again it's important to know whether your crystal can handle that and you can just google that as well if you're really wanting to do it um the other option is to actually place your crystal in a container or something and then put it into the salt or you can put it into water in a in a tight container that makes sense yes okay I like the feeling of the full moon just because it's regular so for me that feels good I also love the moon so I like to do that but um I like the smoke too because that seems less um like dangerous to our crystal energy what do you like to do the best yeah, I do. I do the moon sometimes. I really enjoy the smoke because um, 
I also double it up with smoking, you know, saging my room or mm-hmm. my space as well, um, sort of giving the whole house a bit of a cleanse, myself a cleanse. You know, it's yeah. just really important to, to do that. I also like doing it with my kids as well and getting them involved too. So, um, you know, that that's really nice as well. The other thing that I like to use is a crystal bowl. So sound is also something that is not dangerous, but if you have access to a sound bowl uh, or any other sort of healing instruments that you might use, um, that's another option. And all you really need to do is place the crystal either inside the bowl, if it's a Tibetan singing bowl, um, like if it's a metal one, but if it's a crystal bowl, just pop it outside of the crystal bowl and then just hitting the bowl and just, you know, allowing the vibration of the sound to to cleanse the the crystals and the energy of the crystal. Okay, I love that one. That's a good one. Um all right. So I would love to know some of your daily practices with your own crystals because I think people are just going to be like, "All right, well how do I start?" So since you're the expert, what are some things that you do regularly with your crystals and how does it affect you? So that little practice that I talked about in terms of holding it up to my heart and breathing in the energy of my crystal, I do that every day. I'll choose a crystal that I'm feeling drawn to. And sometimes it's the same crystal for days and days. Um, But just sitting there and being one with my crystal is just one of my favorite practices to do. It is so beautiful and so simple. And, you know, it's just is a beautiful way to have some time out and get your practice in. It helps you to even come into a a moment of gratitude because you've got this beautiful, tangible um, messenger from the divine, you know, from Mother Earth that you can have and hold and something that's so pretty and so beautiful that you get to connect with. Um, So it's a nice gratitude practice as well, but also um, a way for you to connect in with your um, with your soul, with your intuition, and also just a great way just to have some calm from the chaos of, of day-to-day life. So it's one of my, one of my favorite practices for sure. I'm going to introduce crystals into my morning routine because I already do breath work in the morning and meditate. So tomorrow I'm going to start, I'll try it. Yeah. Yay. I'm excited. And then what are some of your favorite crystals that you like in certain spaces for yourself? So my favorite crystal is a rose quartz. It's a very common um, crystal. It's at the uh, in my doorway at the front of my house. I've got a big rose quartz there. Um, I've also got rose quartz in like the living areas and in my bathroom and um, in the bedrooms, all the spaces that I want to bring love into the home as well. So um, talking about where to put your crystal it's just a really nice thing to think about when you are placing crystal in a part of your home is what intention do I want for this particular room and this space and then choosing a crystal that will help with that. So if it's really energetic space, you know, maybe you want to um, invite crystals that are more higher energy, um, like carnelian, for example, that's one of my favorites for, for that. Um, And then, you know, maybe, and for joy, you know, one of my favorites is sunstone. It's such a joyous stone to use, especially in areas that you want to bring that energy in. Um, And then in the bedroom, it's things like 
um, celestite, you know, angelite, these beautiful light blue calming crystals. They tend to be really lovely to help with that. And also grounding crystals in the bedroom, so smoky quartz or tourmaline can really help. It's very, um, they're all very personal. So some people don't like to have crystals that are really strong, that have a very strong energy. So tourmaline's a really good example of that. It can be quite a strong crystal that some people feel really affected by. Um, So that's why it's a bit of trial and error for you. And this is why it's so nice for you to really build up that relationship with your own crystal and connect with them because you'll know then, whoa, this crystal feels far too much for me to bring into a into my bedroom where I really want to rest or or sleep. Um so they're probably some of my my favorites. And I also really love selenite. It's a beautiful cleansing crystal, a clearing crystal. Um and you know it's it's just yeah it's very very beautiful. I have it up on all my doorways um just for cleansing and clearing as well just to make sure the energy stays light in throughout my home and yeah throughout the different areas of the home it's really beautiful is there anything that you wear specifically regularly or do you not wear crystal jewelry I do on my fingers I don't wear a lot though because I'm sensitive to it especially on my body so I actually can't wear crystal necklaces it's too much for me um like, like very, what are you feeling if it's too much? Like, are you, what kind of energy do you feel? Uh, I just feel, depending on the crystal, so um, I can feel like it's really heightened my energy and I don't want to feel like that all the time. Um, and then for others, it probably just, I feel like I'm not myself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, could, I can tell that something is interfering with my Your with energy. My yeah. 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 So I would rather um, kind of leave my my chest area clear, my throat area clear. Um, At the moment, I'm alternating between a smoky quartz ring and I've got my diamond wedding ring, but I've also got a a green amethyst, which is just a really beautiful stone. I I definitely feel when I wear certain stones, sometimes I'm like, get this off me, like on my fingers. Like it feels like I'm, it's like taking over my hand or something. Even with my diamond ring, I, I can't wear it like all the time. Some people never take their rings off. I have to take it off and have a break. Yeah, that is perfect. You described it perfectly. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly the same. I will often, especially when I'm at home, I rarely will wear will wear jewelry. Yeah, um, me too. It's like the first thing I do. I have nothing on right now. Is I take almost everything off. It's so funny. Yeah. I don't know if I was ever really thinking about that. It's the energy from the stones. So now I totally understand the whole feeling because as soon as I get home, I take my shoes off and I take my jewelry off. It's like immediate. Okay, wait, I wanted to ask you something and I just lost my train of thought. If you have a bunch of crystals, are some like not to be stored, not stored, but placed near each other? Are they unbalanced at times or like are there certain ones you have to keep apart or that you wouldn't necessarily put together like in a big bowl or something? It's a really, really good question. And I think it comes down to um, probably a couple of things we've already spoken about. So one of them being, you know, you can connect and ask your crystals again, you know, whether that feels good for, for them. But the other thing is about the intention of the space. So 
let's say, for example, you are wanting a really calm space and in a bowl, though, you're putting in, you know, calming kind of crystals and then you're putting these crystals that are also really active and high energy. Of course, that's going to be really strange between, you know, in, in terms of what's happening in that, in that space and in that bowl. If you're just putting a bunch of crystals together and it's really decorative, which, you know, I some I know some of us do that as mm-hmm. well. We, you know, we just have a beautiful, I've got this gorgeous antique teacup in my home and, um, you know, I've chosen some of my really pretty small crystals that I put in there as a, and, and it's really decorative. But I've also still made sure that those crystals kind of complement each other and it works in some way. Also because you have to think about, well, the crystals, if they're living things and they have feelings and they have, you know, they're, they have their own energy, I want to make sure that they're happy, right? I want to make sure that what I'm bringing into my space feels nice and is happy um, and, and you know, feels good. Um, I want to preserve that as well and I want to make sure that I'm doing what's right for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I would love for you to share a personal experience or it doesn't have to be yours or a client where crystal healing had a really noticeable impact on either your or their well-being gosh there's so many I've heard some really beautiful stories uh throughout the years but I think one of them in particular was a student came and I was teaching her really basic gridding and how to manifest with using different crystals so gridding is basically when you're placing different crystals into a pattern and she told me that she did this this grid with her with her partner and they wanted a particular house and i hadn't seen her for months and months after you know after teaching her about this and then when i saw her she said i have to tell you we got the house that we wanted and and it was just such a beautiful practice for her to really sit with those crystals and she made it into a daily practice and and even to connect with her partner in that way and bring him into this manifestation process. And, you know, it obviously brought them more aligned together as well. And it was just hearing about that whole experience and how even just the practice itself, like not only helped with the manifestation of what they were looking for, but also helped just, you know, further develop their, even their relationship and even just, you know, aligning them to, to, to what they really want. I know there's going to be skeptics out there who question the scientific basis of this type of healing practice. So how would you respond to someone who is skeptical? I love this question so much. (laughs) Um, I think that if you're skeptical, I also think sometimes the skeptics are curious as well. Um, so I think that, you know, the most, the, the best thing that you can do whenever you're skeptical is to also nurture that curiosity and have a go, like try something for yourself. Um, but when someone is just straight out, just a non-believer and, and doesn't feel like anything, you know, there's any truth in or, or magic or anything like that possible, I also just fully respect that because I think that and and as I would expect them to fully respect me and anyone else who who does other sorts of practices that where they feel like they have helped improve their life in any way. And I think that's the most important thing is that if you feel like something helps you 
it doesn't matter what it is or what modality it is, that is the most important thing, right? And I think that it's really important just for us to be kind to one another and to respect one another and also respect where people are on in their journey as well. Yeah, I agree. I think forcing our opinions on people who aren't ready is not productive, obviously, but we cannot not say that we have these beautiful artifacts from the earth and like, how can you not see a little magic in that? A hundred percent. And even if it's just acknowledging them from a scientific perspective of how amazing they are and how much they work with us in day-to-day life, as I mentioned earlier, um, I think that, you know, our life would be very different even from, you know, from the way that we live would be very different if crystals didn't exist, um, not even from a metaphysical perspective. So I think that just just honouring that and they truly are gifts from Mother Earth, whether you're using them from a science, in a scientific way or whether you're using it in a, in a metaphysical way, they are. They are magical and we're very, very lucky to be living with them and share this work with them. Yes. I love that. That was beautiful. Do you think we missed anything that you feel like we should get out there before I let you go? No, I think that um, this has been a really awesome conversation, um, especially for those who are curious or are beginning or just wanting to know what to do with their crystals. Yeah. 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 I think this that's is the p- really that nice. was, That's the point. Like that's the purpose. So I hope that some people just have a little more clarity or just curiosity or interest in just trying something different. Like that's, that's what I try to get my listeners to do. So I think you gave us such great info. Um, and I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you. So what's the best way to connect with you? And are you offering any programs or anything right now that has to do with, um, crystal healing? Yes. Thank you. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and, uh, so I'm at nourished energy is my Instagram and, um, or my website is nourishedenergy.com.au. I teach about crystal healing. I have an introduction to crystal healing, a self-study course, which is online. So on demand course, and then a crystal gridding on demand course. But I also teach a crystal healing practitioner course online. Um, for those who are anywhere in the world can join in that and that is a live training course so we have another one starting up early next year oh so exciting I can't wait I'm probably gonna do one of them because now I'm so interested so thank you for sharing and just thank you for your time and your passion and it was so great having you oh, thank you so much Nicole it was amazing to share this time with you thank you Thank you all so much for listening today. You can check out the show notes to find out important info from today's episode. You can also support the show by subscribing, share an episode with somebody you love, or give me a review over on Apple Podcasts. If you want to connect with me, you can always find me on Instagram at expandwithnicole. I really appreciate you all so much, and I cannot wait to share more wellness and lifestyle content with you on the next episode.